Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. Take your Bibles and turn to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. I'm not going to be long this morning. Somebody should have said amen right there. That was your opportunity. Not you, honey. You don't count on that. John chapter 6. And I want you to look at verse number 27. John chapter 6, verse number 27. You got it? It's up here too. I'm reading out a different translation, but if you, you can get it. Do not work for food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Let's just read that one more time. Do not work for the food. Everybody say food that perishes. But for the food that endures to eternal life. For on him, God, did you see what he said? He's talking about food, then he says him. You see that? He says food, but then he says him. So we know he's not talking about collard greens and cornbread. He's not talking about manna. He's not talking about breaking the loaves and the fishes. Because he said for on him. He said food, and then he said for on him. Glory to God. God the Father has set his seal. Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord God, that you're you're ministering in this service this morning. And your spirit is here. You blessed us. You kissed us from heaven. You've shown up. You've honored what your word says, that where two or more gathered in my name, there I will be also. God, you are here this morning. Father, speak to us today, divinely, not carnally. Lord, we don't need we don't need that. We need a divine word from God this morning, empowered by the Holy Spirit to help us. We thank you, God. We pray we set this service into your hands as it already is. Lord, it's it's just been moved. It's just been orchestrated by you all the way up to this point. So I'm just asking God that you just keep it right in line. And we'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Thank you for standing and honoring uh, the reading of the word. A lot of people don't do that anymore. Uh, They think it's formal. They think it's uh, uh, tradition or religion. But I just got to say, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. 
there's some religious things we need to get rid of, but there's some things that we need to hold on to and keep doing because there's a meaning to it. Praise the Lord. I just want to say happy birthday to Pastor T. Fry. I got you. <laughs> She's 22 years old today. Hallelujah. You robbed the cradle, brother, brother Travis. Amen. She does a great job with our students, and we just love her and her whole family. And so glad that Jenna's up here. Where's she at? Oh, there she's sitting by my mom, playing the keyboard. You know, I, I'm just always, every time I look at you, Jenna, I ain't embarrassing you, so don't look at me. You know, if you don't want to be embarrassed, you hide your face, and that means nobody can see you. But I remember seeing her up there worshiping the Lord. <clears throat> she was up there doing that. You couldn't see her, see. Pastor could see her when she was up there. And the people up here could see her. When she was up there running the little thing, the overhead, she would just be worshiping God. See, what you do in private will make a way for you. See, that's good. But I ought to just say amen and go to the house. That's good stuff. But today I want to uh, speak on the topic of uh, bread or breakthrough bread or breakthrough now in this passage of scripture that we just read Jesus was teaching his disciples much as I'm teaching you here today just breaking down events and what had happened and what was going on and there were some things that had just happened Jesus was preaching and everybody got hungry and and you know the story. He fed the 5,000, broke the loaves and the little fishes and fed 5,000 men, not including women and children. And Jesus did that a couple times. Then he told his disciples, said, y'all get in the boat. Y'all go to the other side. And there was only one boat. They didn't ask him any questions. They just got in the boat, went to the other side. Sometime during the night, Jesus went to the other side. But he walked on the water. Come on, somebody. You need to get me, brother. He walked on the water. He got to the other side. And so there were, the disciples then were looking at some things. They was like, well, now, there's only one boat. And when you was on the other side, now, this is not the ones who saw him. That's not the 12 who saw him. They, they saw him and, 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 you know, was fearful, and then he got in the boat with them. But the rest of them who, were, who had been on that hillside, some of them, and had been fed, had, had, had ate, had eaten, I get that right, what he had provided for them, they saw it, and they said, well, wait a minute, there's only one boat, and you, we didn't see you get on there. And so they were puzzled. How did you get here? So there was a buzz. There was a stir because he'd already did these great miracles and did more great miracles. And so Jesus, being the perceiver that he is, uh, said, what are y'all talking about? All y'all consumed with and concerned with is how I got over here. And all you consumed with and concerned with is me feeding you with them little loaves and fishes. And that's when he was saying, guys, don't, don't be seeking after what I got, what's in my hand. 
Don't be coming after. See, that's the thing. He's saying, don't be seeking what I can give you. You need to seek me. Because watch what he says over in verse 35. He said, Jesus said to them, I am, glory to God, the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me. Here's a, here, here is a, boy, this is what we don't want to hear. I said that you have seen me, yet you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. As long as we seek what God has to provide, we'll never understand who he is. As long as we seek what he has to provide, we will never understand who he is. We, as a people, as a church, as followers, and then also even unbelievers, people who don't follow, we have a hard time reconciling the love of God and the holiness of God. You, 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 you see what I'm saying? You understand? The love of God. God is love. Oh, we sung about the love of God. His love never fails. He never gives up. Pastor, Pastor encouraged us about the love. Doesn't matter what we do, where we go, how far we down, how deep we get, we can't we cannot get away from the love of God. But, it, but where our problem is, is that we see God as one-dimensional, is that he is a God of love, and we leave out the part that he's a God of holiness. See, see we, we have this statement, right? Y'all know what I'm about to say. Hate the sin, love the sinner, right? But let me just ask you this question. On that great day, that awesome day when the Lord stands at the great white throne judgment, I ain't got time to preach on it or teach on it this morning. You've all heard about it and you don't like to hear the teaching and preaching on that. When he stands and says, you are, depart from me, you come in. When he does that, is it the sin that's going in? to the lake of fire or is it the sinner that's going into the lake of fire I'm just asking you a question because you can't separate the one from the other and I want you to know we serve a holy God a God who hates sin he is so holy sin cannot be in his presence it has to be driven away but we have a problem. God loves, God loves, God loves. So that means we do whatever we want to, say whatever we want to say, live like we want to live. But he is a holy God. See, you cannot get the power of God without the holiness of God. We want the power of God. We want this. We want the omni of God. That he's omnipotent, that means he's all-powerful. He's omniscient, that means he's all-knowing. And he's omnipresent, that he is everywhere. There's not a place that we can't go, that God will not be there. We want that, but we don't want the holiness of God. You can't have one without the other. 
And so what he's saying to these people here, he said, you guys want what I got for you. You're seeking the wrong thing. You need to seek the bread that will never perish. And then he said in John, he said, I am. Oh, come on. Watch me. Better get me, son. I'm the bread of life. You keep hearing me say, Pastor, to get me. And, and I'm going to tell you, I got convicted by the Lord this week. There's certain things that we do as a habit. And I have a habit when I'm preaching of saying, come on, somebody. Just, do you know that? You do? And you know what the Lord spoke to me as I was uh, praying? He said, son, you're preventing people from hearing what I'm saying because you're fishing for amens. And he said, if you don't ever get another amen, you better preach the word of God and preach what I say and preach it unadulterated. Don't try to get no amen. Don't see if somebody's listening to you. If they're listening to me, that's up to me. So I'm just sharing. You know, I'm being real with you guys. So if I keep doing that, pastor's going to come up here and hit me with a stick to break me from it. I told him this morning, I said, you get me if I say that this morning. Because I'm not fishing for amens. You know why? Because when, when I do that, it prevents you. It prevents you from seeing the holiness of God. See, what, when I do that, I can distract you. God can be speaking to your spirit, and I can get you to say amen, which it, it helps me when you do it, but it will cause you to break your focus. It'll cause you to get out of the flow that God has. See, he's speaking to all of our hearts this morning. You don't want me to get in the way of what he's trying to do in our hearts and lives this morning. You, you and I, we all need to know the holiness and the power of God. To know that he's all powerful, that he's all seen, he's all knowing, that God is great. And you say, well, uh, I don't know about that. Well, let me just give you this picture. John, the beloved apostle, knew the love of God, didn't he? He laid his head on the breast of Jesus. And, he, and, and when he wrote, he wrote in the third person, and he would say, the disciple that Jesus loved, right? Knew the love of God. John writes about that. John is the one who penned the words, for God so loved the world. He understands love, doesn't he? But you got to go to the John who was in the book of Revelation. When he saw the Lord, and he had fire, eyes of fire, and feet like brass, and hair that glowed, and out of his mouth came a two-edged sword. The Bible says that John fell as dead in the presence of the Lord. This, there's a holiness to God. There is a power to God. There's an ability that God has over everything, every situation, every area of our life. He is able to, to be on Mount Everest. And he's able to be in the Mariana Trench, which is the deepest place 
in the world. And he's able to be every place in between. He is God Almighty. And Jesus said, you don't need to think about God as the baker or the fisherman. You need to think about him as almighty. Glory to God. So we need to know that. Do you want to know or do you want what God wants for you? Let me just put it to you like this. Do you want, to, do you want God to do what you ask him to do? What you ask him to do? We all do. Or do you want the answer that God gives? You say, well, wait a minute now. If I ask him for it, wait a minute. If I ask him, I want him to do what I ask him. But what you want may not be what you really want. If you keep asking God for what you want, you might get what you want, but it won't be what you want. I ain't saying that again. If you keep asking God for what you want, you might get what you want, but it might not be what you want. Because what you want may be opposite of what God wants for you. So sometimes when I ask God, see, they were asking him for bread. They were asking him for what was in his hand. They were asking him to explain this miracle. They were asking him, how did you get here on the other side? And he's saying, God, you're seeking after bread. You need to stop seeking after bread that perishes and seek after eternal bread. So sometimes what I ask God for is not what he wants me to have. So I need to get before a holy God, an all-powerful God, an omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent God, and say, Lord, what do you want for my life? Where do you want me to go? How do you want me to act? What do you want me to say? And when he gives that to me, I will get what he wants and I will get what I want. We seek the wrong solutions. It's either our carnal thinking or his divine wisdom. Which one do we want? Which one do you want? Well, we all want his divine wisdom. But it's hard for us. It's hard for us to, to break away, see, and get into the presence of God and get his divine wisdom because we, we're pretty smart. We, we are. We, we're pretty smart. We have this thing all figured out. We know what needs to happen. We know what God needs to do to fix this situation to get us from here to here. Well, one thing we're trying, the here we're trying to get to may not be the here that God has for us in our life. We're trying to get over here and God's saying, I want you over there. You keep asking me, I'm going to get you over here and then you're going to have to work your way back and get over there. I'm speaking this morning. I shared with you when three years ago, at this very time of the year, 
Debbie and I were, we wanted to come this way. We wanted to come to South Alabama, and we were trying to come. And I was saying to all of my friends and to all of my family and to everyone in my church in Aniana, when I sell my house, I can, I'll know then what God wants for me. And then one morning, long story short, the Lord spoke to me in a very divine way and says, son, I didn't tell you to sell a house. I told you that when the door opens, you walk in obedience to me. And I realized I was telling God what he needed to do first before I could do what needed to be done second. And he said he took a big eraser to my chalkboard and erased it all and put I am right there and said, you better follow me. See, we're smart. We got the plan. Oh, Lord God, if I just had this man, oh, if I just had this woman, if you would just give me this job, Lord, if you just open up this door of ministry for me, let me have this church over here. Let me be able to get with this group right here. Let me do this. Let me do that. And, you're, and we are not seeking the face of God. Would you rather have bread or would you rather have a breakthrough? The Bible is either absolute or it's obsolete. Sometimes we even claim the wrong scripture. My goodness. My goodness. We're seeking the wrong solutions. We're seeking the wrong answers. We, are, we, we think we can do what we want to, when we want to, how we want to do it, and that we won't have to answer to a holy and righteous God. But we want the holy and righteous God to move for us every which way. We're just like a little spoiled child. Don't matter what I do, I'm going to go back to daddy and daddy's going to give me. I'm going to go back to mama and she's going to give me. That's not the way it works with God. The basis of this message is today that the greatest failure I see especially in the body of Christ and in the world today, is our failure to receive the truth of God. I see it every Sunday. I see people come gather around seeking God, seeking God. Some receive and some don't. I see people sitting out in the chairs, in the pews or whatever, and and some receive and some don't. You don't have to come up here to receive. You can receive right where you are. doesn't matter. I see it in both places. It ain't just here. I saw it in every church I've ever been in. The greatest failure we have is the failure to receive. We can't receive what the Lord is giving, is, is putting out there. One reason is, I just told you, we're seeking the wrong thing. We're seeking bread. We're seeking our way. We're seeking our will. We're seeking what we want, and the Lord has a a way he has a will and he has a word for us but we're seeking our own so that deters it that puts a wall up between us and the Lord and his ability to speak into our life the second thing I see is uh, we don't receive uh, because what he says sometimes is hard 
his heart. That's when he gets quiet on a Sunday morning. It gets hard, see. Jesus was trying to teach them. And he was saying, guys, you need to do this, and you need to do that. And, you know, and then all of a sudden, he, he said, you know, you need to get this eternal bread in your life. And so they didn't really want to hear what he said. So he just ramped it up a notch. He ramped it up a notch. And he said, okay. Well, I'm going to tell you this. He goes on to about verse number uh, 52, and I'm not going to read all of it because he was talking about all that. And then he said, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you ain't got no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And he went on and drilled right on down in that. Watch what happened in verse 60. It said, now, when many of his disciples heard it, they said, this is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? But Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, said to to them, why do you take offense at this? And he went on and talked to them about the spirit and the life. See, sometimes we don't want to hear what the Lord said because it's too hard for us. And that 5,000, out of that 5,000, there wasn't many that, that stayed. And Jesus looked a little later on. He said, well, y'all going to leave too? I'm not giving out bread anymore. I'm not giving out uh, fish sandwiches and, and, and fish baskets anymore and hush puppies. Y'all going to leave too? Huh? We're not going to have a eating on Wednesday night. That means you're not going to come anymore. We're not giving out hot dogs on 4th of July. Does that mean you ain't going to come to this church anymore? Watch it, man. Watch it. You're not going to show up anymore since we ain't giving stuff away. We're not going to pat you on the head and say you can live in your homosexuality anymore. We're not going to pat you on the head and shake your hand and say you can shack up and you can come on to church and give me your money. I'm, I'm, he going to have to fix this next Sunday. <laughs> I'm the assistant pastor. <laughs> huh? We ain't going to pat you on the head. We'll come out here and say, I need to talk to you just a minute. <laughs> I'm not preaching anything he hadn't already preached. And he hadn't already said multitude of times. So, now, I said it won't take long. I'm doing good. Move off of that point, Don. Yes, sir. I, I, how many knows that this anointing here in McCullough Christian Center is a different anointing? Isn't it? Would you say it's a great anointing? I mean, you just come in and feel the presence of God. You just can. Sister Deborah, you can feel it when you come in, can't you? Brother Hercules, it's just different from anywhere you've ever been before. And I say the same thing. I was talking about it the other Wednesday night. It's, this is a place of refuge. This is a place where you can come and don't nobody look at you and, and judge you and tell you. You just come like you are. 
And we believe that Holy Spirit is able to fix you. Glory to God. He can fix you, can't he, Janet? I mean, he fixed Chris, didn't he? He ain't here this morning. Let's talk about him. No, I'm kidding. Yes. There you go. So even in this great anointing, though, in, the, in this great presence of God, I, I, uh, people are suffer the same afflictions they cannot receive. The Lord just gave me two quick reasons why. Uh, the first reason is, is because the flow of the Holy Spirit is stopped in our life. First Thessalonians 5.19 says this, says, do not quench the Spirit. A pastor was teaching on this just this year. And he was talking about the flow of the Holy Spirit. He got a great series, The Holy Spirit in Me. And it's a four or five part series. It's on our podcast. You need to get it. But he was talking about this very thing. And I loved the way he described it. He said, The Holy Spirit flows into our life. And he said, When you quench the Holy Spirit, it's almost like you pinched. Y'all know I'm sci fi, but I said pinched. I didn't say pinched. You pinch a water hose. You kink it up. And when you do, this, the flow stops. And our problem is, is that we're pinching the Holy Spirit. Another, another uh, word for that word quench obviously means this, that there's a fire going and you put something on it to put it out. And this, and you say, well, I don't ever. I don't know if I'm quenching the Holy Spirit. Well, I saw him do it right here, and here here's one way that I see happen all the time is the failure to receive first can be caused by our reasoning trying to understand how and trying to understand why. Not just the Word of God, but the manifestation. Of the Holy Spirit. Okay, I'm going to drill into that real quick. Well, he's talking about the manifestation on the Holy Spirit. Well, I'm talking about sometimes when you hear somebody, Pastor mentioned this the other way, and somebody speaks in tongues, and then there's an interpretation. Some of us can't receive that word because we're trying to figure out why they do that and how did that work. I'm talking about. Or you see somebody up here and they've been prayed for and all of a sudden they just whoosh, whoom, boy, they hit the floor. And you saying, wait a minute. I ain't never seen that before. What's going on here? Did they buzz them with something? <laughs> Did they blow some kind of fainting powder on them? Did they, they push them down? You're trying to figure that out. It's just like those people who was saying to Jesus, there wasn't but one boat and we didn't see you get into it. How'd you get over here? And Jesus scolded them. He said, y'all just keep seeking a sign instead of seeking me. That's all you're looking for is a sign. And, and it, Leonard Ravenhill said this, and I like the way he said it. He said, the word of God and the manifestations of the Holy Spirit cannot be explained but they can be experienced. Your common logic is cutting you off from what God may be able to say. That's why the Lord convicted me about saying, come on, somebody. 
He said, son, you're getting in the way. The very thing I'm telling you to preach about, you're doing. You're distracting. I'm trying to speak to people, and you're trying to get them to say amen. I'd rather for them to shut up and hear what I got to say to them. Now, he said, no, I'm kidding. I didn't you. God cannot be explained, but he can be experienced. So we get consumed with the manifestation in John 1. Nathaniel, Philip brought Nathaniel to Jesus, and Jesus said a, a, a Hebrew in which there is no guile or something like that. And he said, well, how do you know me? And Jesus said, well, I saw you when you sat beneath that fig tree. And he said, truly, you are the Son of God. And Jesus just looked at him and he said, you think I'm the Son of God? Because I, saw, I said I saw you on that fig tree. He said, if you stick with me, you'll see the heavens open up and the angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man. If you stick with me. Peter, James, and John did. And they saw that. They saw the heavens open up. And Moses and Elijah standing there with Jesus. And here goes Peter. He's trying to figure out the how. So he can't figure out the how. And so he says, well, why don't we just build an altar here and here and here. Instead of just soaking in what he had just received from the Lord saying this is my beloved son listen to him and obey him so that's the first reason is we we get in our carnal mind and, and those of you have, who have been indoctrinated that the teaching uh, of, the, of the gifts of the spirit is passed away let me just tell you guys that's an erroneous teaching and that teaching is based on a lack of faith simple as that I'm not going to dwell on these things. But stop trying to figure out the how and the why when God is moving in your life. You know, I, I, you start off that way. Come on, guys, you do. You start that way. You start that way. Because Moses, when he saw that bush burning, he said, Man, I ain't never seen a bush burn not get burned. I'm a, let me go up here and see what's going on. So that's how we all start. He's like, let me see this phenomenon that's happening. But when he got there, he stopped wondering why the bush was burning because he was in the presence of a holy and powerful God. The issue that I'm talking about today is our failure to receive and we fail to receive because we look at the wrong thing, we're listening for the wrong thing, we want our own way, and then secondly, it's because we're trying to figure out how God did it and why he did it. If everybody in this room falls out in the floor, don't worry about it. If nobody ever does, don't worry about it. If somebody bucks and jumps when they get prayed for them, don't worry about it. Just receive what God has got for you because I'm telling you, he is the bread of life. And what he has for you will cause you to live and not die. That situation that you're in, that circumstance that you cannot control, let him speak into your life. 
and breathe in the life of God. Don't seek after the bread that perishes. Speak, seek after the bread of God. The second, the second part of that is for you old time Pentecostal folk been in it for a long time. I see this too. You can't receive what the Lord is saying because you didn't fall out. You didn't feel nothing. The preacher didn't do it his time. His hand wasn't a shaking when he laid hands on me. So it must not be God. You are just as well caught up in the manifestation. You caught up in the bread. You caught up in the fact that he walked on water. He said, don't get caught up in the miracles. Look to me. Listen, I'm going to help some of y'all. y'all. Some of y'all know this, some of you don't. I'm going to help those of you don't. Because I know sometimes if I put my hand on somebody, I'm about to get a CD. You know what that is, don't you, Pastor? Huh? It's a courtesy drop. Listen, I prayed for people before, and I would tell the ushers, I get behind them, don't let them fall. Because I got a word from God for them. But if they fall, they ain't going to get it. You hear what I'm saying? That's called a courtesy drop. They, they just going to fall. I can tell when somebody falls out that they are receiving when they're receiving. Not always. I can't always, but most of the time I can. And sometimes when people go out like that, man, they're just in, they've gone up into the third heaven or something has happened in their life. But I ain't worried about why that happened. Why it happened for one didn't happen another. And listen, we can, we can take that kind of thing and focus on it. And we begin, we begin to focus. And preachers, we the world worse. We focus people on the manifestation instead of the miraculous power of God. And we lose people. Just like when I say, come on, somebody. We can lose them. And so, just because that preacher didn't do it like he did when you saw, when you got that miracle that time, doesn't mean that God is not speaking. You get too caught up on the manifestation. There have been whole churches built on that. There have been movements built on that. And God's saying, don't, don't, don't look at what you see. Look at me. Look at me. John 7, 24 said, don't judge by appearances, but with right judgment. Because they are too concerned. We are too concerned about what we see. Instead of just trusting the Lord, he'll tell us and we can move on with God. I'm not trying to confuse you this morning. I'm trying to help you be able to receive what God has got for you in your life. And it's been pierced my heart because the Lord began to show me. People come in every week and walk out just like they are. Listen, my heart was broken this past couple of weeks. I, well, even this year, there's a young couple that I married and all of a sudden they're divorced. I counseled with them, talked with them, 
prayed with them. All of a sudden, they're divorced. Another young couple that I knew, that I know, I took them through the school of ministry. Three years. Laid hands on them. They're divorced. Just as one of them committed adultery. It's not what you see, guys. It's who you see. You got to see him. God wants you to see him. He wants you to understand him. Now, I'm going to wrap this up because I probably confused you, but I was thinking this week about my kids. I remember at the age of 14, Katie was in a service at Excel Assembly of God in the old church. I saw, I saw the, and man, there was all kind of things happening at that service. I'm going to just tell you, man, people were shouting, running, falling out in the Holy Ghost, all kind of stuff. I wasn't paying attention to that and, and for that night. And then that, on that night, she didn't either. And I saw her begin to weep. And I saw her, I saw her begin to cry. And I knew that God had put his hand on her. You remember that night? You remember it, don't you? See, some of us are scared to get our children around that atmosphere. God touched her at 14 years old. At the age of six years old, six or, six or eight, something like that maybe. Might have been a little bit older. Right here on this very stage. I think it was about right here somewhere. Huh? Was over there? My other daughter, Molly, Johnny Jernigan was preaching. Lord have mercy. That guy is a wild man. Great, great move of God. And she laid there for I don't know how long she laid there. For a long, long, long time. She'd never done it before. She began to speak in other tongues. She was baptized in the Holy Spirit. I just brought her in. Just brought my kids into that. See, we try to shelter our kids from things because, oh, well, Junior might not understand. Sissy might not know what's happening. That might scare them. I just had my kids. I think I got two pretty good kids, you know. Both of them worshiping the Lord. Both of them. Molly's worshiping God where she's at. Say, it ain't going to hurt you. You get in the presence of God. See, he's got something for us. We keep wondering why. Or we keep caught up in, uh, it needs to be a certain way. The, the, the evangelist's hand has got to touch me. You don't have to touch you. It can happen to you right there. A manifestation of the Holy Spirit. A word of knowledge. A word of wisdom. God, a healing, a miracle take place in your life. The manifestation of the power of God. We have forgotten many times the power of God. He is all-powerful, and he wants to touch you. And listen, just like John, he laid his head on his chest, but then in the book of Revelation, he was laid out. Do you hear me? He was laid out as one who was dead because he was in the presence of a holy and a powerful God. Stop trying to figure out why and how and just get in his presence because... In Matthew 6, 
Jesus said these words, don't give no thought. Give no thought, he said, about tomorrow, what you might eat or drink or wear. He said the heathen seek after these things. But you, my children, seek first the kingdom of God. And he, in every gospel, seek me, seek me, seek me, seek me, look to me. I am the bread. Look at me. Don't look at what I got. Don't look at what I do. Just seek me. Because when you seek him, then all these things, all these things that you might need in your life, that you do need in your life, will come to you. All of these things. Because I have been hearing this word from the Lord. And that word is focus. Focus. Don't dwell on yesterday. Don't worry about tomorrow. In every moment of your life, when you come into this building, or when you go at home in your prayer cloth, but especially to this congregation in this building, when you come in here and you are so concerned about anything that's going on other than walking into the presence of God, you could miss out on the life-changing word for your life, for your situation, for your children, for your grandchildren. Because in that moment, in this very moment, the Lord can be speaking a word. God could be giving you divine wisdom. When God called me to preach, I can't tell you what the preacher was preaching. He spoke to me as I was in the presence of God. When I began to just say, Lord, I'm hungry for you. Whatever the preacher said, whatever they sung, made a hunger in my life to get into the presence of God. And when I did, he began to speak to me personally. When you do not receive from the Lord, you can miss a word, you can miss a wisdom, you can miss salvation, and you can miss a healing that God has for you right at this moment. On this day, you can miss on the 21st of May, 2017, God can have something that he is doing, that he's speaking, that's flowing, that I might not be even saved, that is flowing from the throne room of heaven that will change your life forever. But you can miss it when you get distracted, when you focus on the wrong thing. I'm going to tell you something. The church doesn't need another conference. The church doesn't need another concert. The, the church doesn't need another crusade. Neither does a word. We don't need another conference. Conference is great. We don't need another crusade. They're great. We don't need another concert, and they're good. What we need is the cross of Jesus Christ. We need it now. We need it tomorrow. We need it in the church. We need it in our homes. We need it everywhere we are. We need the cross and nothing else. For when we receive the cross of Christ, we're standing in unseparated, unblocked in the presence of God. And that's where he speaks into our life.
Glory to God. Nothing more, nothing less than the cross of Jesus Christ. I'll end with this. John 1, verses 11 and 12. Talking of Jesus, it says, He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God or sons of God. Now I'm going to tell you something. Simply this, that you receive him, believe him, and when you do, you're his child. You don't have to beg him anymore. What he's got, everything he's got, is yours. And you, all you have to do is receive. Amen? Would you stand to your feet?